We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Everything's working here. I don't know what's going on, but hey, who's ready to preach? Is that right? <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. Welcome uh, to us, everybody, in person and everybody connecting with us online. My name is Chris Fluitt. We're about to share the word of God together, but first, a commercial, commercial break. Here it comes. We've got, we are two weeks away from today. We're going to be starting a, a question and answer series, question and answer series, right? We've got the artwork back there. Do you have questions? I want to tell you, it is okay to have questions. We should seek the answers to our questions, and so we're going to be spending time doing that. Instead of taking a text and preaching to you, we're going to be taking your questions and trying to answer them in this series from the Word of God. And we're going to be doing it live, 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 live. So if, if, if for no other reason, just come to watch me sweat when you ask that question that you've always thought about and like, oh my gosh, who, why did Rick have to ask that question? But we won't know Rick asked that question because we have an anonymous text line. Everybody look up real quick. This is an okay time to bring out your phone. Make sure you've got this number. It is 214-856-0550. We set up this anonymous text line for you to send in your questions. And nobody is going to know, Jeff, that you asked that question that was really awkward. No one's going to know it. No one's going to know, Marshall. So that's why we've got this anonymous text line. We want you to feel completely safe to ask us anything because you can ask us anything and we're going to look to the word of God to find it. So please send in your questions and then come join us in person or online as we kick off this new sermon series, questions and answers on July 10th. All right. Everyone said amen. amen. All right. So you got the anonymous text line. Time to send those questions in. I want to talk to you real quick about awkward introductions. Has everyone ever had an awkward introduction? Yeah, the chances are if you've never had an awkward introduction, you probably are an awkward introduction. See how that works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. I never have trouble meeting people. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're the one that's trouble. You're the one that's awkward. All right. Although awkward, we all understand that introductions are necessary. Is there an introduction to the entire universe? There is. We find it in Genesis. It's the creation story in Genesis. And you can think of it as an introduction. And you can even think of it kind of like an awkward introduction. Will you think about an awkward introduction with me? All right. Here it is. God creates Adam and Eve. Takes the dirt. Puts them together. Blows into it. Adam becomes a living soul. Right? It's like, God's like introducing Adam to himself, right? It's like, I created you. But also, God has to introduce Adam to himself, right? He says, you are Adam. So God creates Adam, introduces himself to Adam, and then introduces Adam to Adam and names him. And then God introduces Adam to Eve, he, he reaches into Adam, he takes out a rib, and he fashions a woman out of it. And it's like, Adam, meet this person. And he's like, whoa, man. And that's how we now call them woman. 
not actually the Hebrew that, but I'll go with it anyway for fun. And so Adam and Eve meet each other. And so they all kind of meet each other. And it's like, who are, they didn't know each other. It's an introduction. It's an introduction. And it's, it can be a little awkward because I just breathed into your mouth. I just made you out of dirt, right? And I'm also maybe an invisible being that you don't see, but I created everything. It's kind of an awkward introduction, right? But it is an introduction nonetheless. We never really have an official God introduction where he reaches out and shakes hands and says, hello, I am God, your father and creator. It's not in the Genesis account. We don't actually have those words there. Hello, my name is, and God puts his name there. That's not there in the story. Anybody check that out? Does that, does that check out with everybody? It's not in the story. And if you don't believe me, please go read it because I'd love to make you go read your Bible. Uh, I want to tell you this. There's a, pro, there's, a, there's a principle here that shows up throughout the rest of the Bible, and here it is. God reveals who he is through fulfilling a need. Say that sentence with me. God reveals who he is through fulfilling a need. I want you to think about that because that's all we're talking about that today. Just that very idea. Adam and Eve needed a creator. Somebody didn't silence their phone. It's a good time to silence your phone, everyone. Excellent. Silence that phone for me. There we go. Good catch. Hey, give him a hand. He just caught my phone. Thank you. God reveals who he is through fulfilling a need. Adam and Eve, they needed what? They needed a creator. Do you agree? They couldn't exist all on their own. They needed a creator. And in fulfilling that need, God introduces himself to Adam and Eve. They're like, how did we get here? And it's pretty obvious. This guy made you. He's God. And so he introduces himself through fulfilling a, somebody say it, a need. Adam and Eve had it made in the shade. Wouldn't you agree? In fact, have you ever been a little angry at Adam and Eve that they kind of messed things up? They had everything that they needed in the garden. Why did they have everything they needed? Because God introduced himself as the the one who provides all their needs right there in the garden. And everything they needed, it came from God and his creation. God actually was everything that they would need. And it all went wrong when they reached out. And you want to say that they reached out to the fruit. But really, it all went wrong when they reached out toward someone else. They reached out to someone else. Everyone say someone else. Who was that someone? It was a serpent. It was a snake. So instead of reaching out to the God who introduces himself to us by fulfilling all our needs, they reached out to a snake who had done bubkiss for them. He had done zero for them. He had done nothing for them. In fact, he had continued to do nothing for humanity all the way up to today. Isn't that true? The serpent was not concerned with the needs of Adam and Eve. We could have a whole separate Bible study about what his motivations were 
I would tell you the serpent was concerned with his own selfish desires, with his own needs. He wasn't going to introduce himself by fulfilling the needs of Adam and Eve. Instead of God, the serpent, instead of choosing God who fulfills all their needs, they chose the serpent. And that's what you get in the first few chapters of your Bible. So I want you to think about this. How would God handle this situation? How would God go about handling this situation? How would he respond? What would he say? What would he do? God loved mankind, but mankind had rejected him. When we look to the serpent, it's not just we're choosing a new friend. No, we are actually rejecting God. How would you handle rejection? Maybe you'd burn it all down. I'd just burn it all down. Just be angry. Maybe seek revenge. Some people do that. A lot of road rage. It's just simple revenge stuff. Somebody cut you off and it's like, well, I'm going to get to that exit before them. Or maybe you would lower your standards. How would you handle rejection? What if God just lowered his standards? Said, listen, they did wrong. They did wrong. They sinned. But I'm just going to lower my standards and act like I didn't see it. Kind of like an abusive, uh, uh, an abused wife might treat her husband. Yeah, sure, he hurts me. But, you know, he really does love me, right? Maybe, maybe people handle rejection like that. They just lower their standards. Or maybe... God would even grovel and beg. What a crazy idea. But there's a lot of people, that's how they handle rejection. They're like, please don't leave me. Please don't turn away from me. And I'll get down on my hands and knees. I'll crawl through glass if I have to. Please, I will grovel and beg. How would you handle rejection? Well, here is how God handles rejection. God keeps reintroducing himself. To mankind through our needs and weaknesses. You think about this. How does God handle this rejection? He loved us. We turned our back on him. How does he do it? He keeps reintroducing himself. Everyone say reintroducing. Himself to mankind through our needs and weaknesses. What if you had to reintroduce yourself to someone repeatedly? We've actually got movies like that. There's a movie called 50 First Dates where Adam Sandler falls in love with Drew Barrymore. Yeah, and he he just keeps having to reintroduce himself to her because she got knocked in the head, something she, she doesn't remember. So he like every day he dates her again for the first time. And so they wake up in the morning and he's like, hello. And she's like, who are you? Get out of my house, right? And he's like, he, he has to reintroduce himself to her every day maybe a little bit groundhog day we could go the bill murray route bill murray has to reintroduce himself every day to the city of puxatani there it is we got we got people in the house they know their their bill murray movies all right i want to tell you that the bible is the story of reintroducing god is reintroducing himself to mankind over and over again. Talk about awkward introductions in Exodus chapter 3. 
God awkwardly reintroduces himself to mankind. Sorry, it's in Genesis 3. God awkwardly reintroduces himself to mankind as Adam and Eve stand naked before him. Pretty awkward, right? Then you go to Exodus chapter 3. And God speaks to Moses from a burning bush and tells Moses to set the slaves free. And so Moses had heard a little bit about maybe a little bit about this God person, but he had never talked to him. He had never maybe really worshipped him. And suddenly he's out on the, the desert and he sees a burning bush and God reintroduces himself to mankind at this moment in Genesis 3. And Moses then asks this question about God. Exodus 3 and 13. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Moses is talking to God. God's in a burning bush. And Moses basically asks this really embarrassing question. Here's that question. Uh, what's your name again? Have you ever known somebody and you were supposed to know their name, but you forgot their name, right? Gosh, <laughs> what's your name again? He is talking to the God of the universe. He is talking to the God. He is breathing all the air God has made. He is walking on the earth God has made. He is eating all the provision God has made. He is experiencing everything that God has made. God has formed him. And now he hears God's voice for the first time. And he says, hey, suppose I do go back. And if they ask, you know, who sent me, you know, what should I, what should I tell them? It's like, a, it's a way to say, it's a way to not say, hey, I'm so sorry. I forgot your name. Forgot your name. Right? Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now we're still in an awkward reintroduction, right? He's forgotten his name and now he gets his name and God reintroduces himself as what? I am. Everyone say I am. What a strange way to reintroduce yourself. What a strange name that is. What's God's name? I'm sure Moses was expecting something very different than the words I am, right? Galactic warrior of peace, maybe something like that, or a Darth awesomeness, like something like that, some the white wizard of hope. Like That's how it would be in the movies. They would have all these grandiose, crazy names, right? No, no, the words I am, that is the name of God. I am, in Exodus three fourteen. it says these things. This term, I am, says these things. It means these, this. I exist, I have always existed, and I will always exist. That's what the word I am means. It means I exist, I have always existed, and I will always exist. It also means this, self-existent. I need no help existing. I exist all on my own. There's no need in talking about anyone else. I 
am. I am self-existent. And then finally, it requires more info, doesn't it? I am? I am what? I am fill in the blank. What, what, it's almost like have you, you've heard somebody say something and then they, their sentence ended and you're like, is that where your sentence was supposed to end? My name is I am, and you're like, go on, I, I am what? Chris? What, what, like, you, you understand. It's kind of awkward. It's an awkward reintroduction. It's like, well, that's interesting. I'm almost sorry I asked your name, right? Because that's weird now. Now, God, you just went and made it weird with the name I am. But I want to tell you, God is the I am, and it does require more information. And there is a lot more information for you to receive. God also introduces himself as the he is. Everyone say he is. So he introduces himself as I am. And then he also introduces himself as he is. As early as Genesis 2, God is introduced by the name he is. Have you ever caught that in your Bible? This is where it says it, Yahweh, with the name Yahweh. Some, most translations will take out that name because there's a lot of argument about that name. Is it Yahweh or Jehovah? But we won't get into that tonight. But they will take that word and they'll put all capital letters, L-O-R-D, right? Lord. Doesn't mean Lord, but that's what we put there. What does the word behind that word Lord actually mean? Here's what it means. He is. So God introduces himself as I am, and then he introduces himself as he is. I am and he is. So what's the difference? Somebody just put on your English uh, grammar spectacles. Think about this for a moment. What is it? It is first and second forms of speech. I am, that's speaking in the first person. Second person, speaking he is it just changes the pronoun but the being is the same it's just a different perspective of the same being does everybody agree i want you to say this with me he is yahweh we'll practice a little bit he is yahweh yahweh means he is it is used 6521 times in scripture and it is used another 50 times as the shortened version, Yah. Somebody say Yah. So you got Yahweh and you got Yah. It's like the shortened version of it. It means the same thing. It's the same God. And his name is He Is. In fact, everywhere you see the word Hallelujah, you just saw the shortened version of the name Yah. Hallelujah. It means highest praise to Yah. Highest praise to God, highest praise to he is. Say one more time, he is Yahweh. God invites us to call him Yahweh, but there is still more information required, isn't there? We're still going to need a little bit more info. He is what? Genesis chapter 4, verse 2. Sorry, Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Anybody see the word Lord? 
there it is. In your Bible, it's going to say, Lord. But that is the word Yahweh. That is the name he is. The word Lord is Yahweh. We have translated it Lord because the words he is, is actually just really confusing when it comes to language. We just don't even, we just don't even understand it. It's almost, it'll turn into an Abbott and Costello routine really quick. Who is on first? He is. Like, what, what is going on here? He is. I am. <laughs> oh, that would get crazy real quick. And so they took this word that is just a little bit weird. It's a little bit awkward. It requires more information. It actually creates more questions than answers. So they took it and they wrote Lord on it. So every time you see Lord, capital L-O-R-D, all capitals, know that it is the name of God, Yahweh, and it means he is. Yahweh means he is. God invites us to call him Yahweh. The word God here in Genesis chapter 2 is the word Elohim. So right here we have the first compound use of God's name in Scripture. It happens throughout your Bible. You will see this happen a lot. But here's the first time it happens. So we have Yahweh Elohim. What does it mean? It means he is God. Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. That's the first compound name of God in Scripture. Two words are put together to reveal us more about God's identity. Because he is just doesn't quite do it. We're like, he is what? And so God gives us this. He says, I'll tell you what he is. He is Elohim, Yahweh Elohim. He is God. When humanity needed a creator God to bring life to the universe and breathe life into our bodies, God came up and he reintroduced himself as Yahweh Elohim. It means he is God. Somebody say, he is Yahweh. I've got another one for you. It's Yahweh Yaira. You've most likely heard it said Jehovah Jaira. That's also correct. Either way, I'm cool with it. He is provider. That's what it means. Say, he is provider. That's in Genesis 22. Abraham was asked to go make a sacrifice. It wasn't just any sacrifice. He was going to sacrifice his only Son, he was going to need to sacrifice his only child. Abraham needed God to provide another sacrifice. And God did just that. Instead of killing the boy, God provided a sacrifice. And in verse 14 of Genesis 22, so Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. Swap out Lord with Yahweh. Swap out will provide with Yaira. And you've got the, the another compound name of God. Yahweh, Yaira. He is provider. Say he is Yahweh. What is God doing here in this story? It weirds a lot of people out, this story. To a lot of people, it's an awkward introduction. Well, it is a reintroduction. It is God walking up to humanity one more time reintroducing himself to through humanity through the needs of humanity looks like you sure could use a sacrifice i am 
Yahweh Yireh, I will provide a sacrifice to you. So God reintroduces himself through what? Through our weaknesses and through our needs. Are you with me tonight? What about when we needed healing? What happens when we need healing? Well, God God comes up in the middle of that need also and introduces himself as this. Yahweh Rapha. Say Yahweh Rapha. It means he is healer. Exodus 15 and 26. When needed, we needed healing and God walked up and he reintroduced himself to us. I am the healer that you need. He is Yahweh Rapha. He is healer. Say one more time. He is Yahweh. What about when you needed victory? Anybody ever need victory? Well, there's a name for that. It's Yahweh Nisi. It means victory banner. It means he is victory. Exodus chapter 17, verse 15. We needed victory. And what did God do? We, we're like, what are we going to do? There's, there's an enemy around us. We're in trouble. We are really in need of a victory. God walks up in the middle of that need, in the middle of that weakness. When we were undermanned, when we didn't have the fighting power, when we couldn't do it all on our own, when we were headed for death, God walks up and he reintroduces himself. He says, I am the victory that you need. You can call me Yahweh, Yahweh Rapha. He is Yahweh Nisi, very sorry. He is victory. Somebody say he is Yahweh. What about when we needed peace? Yahweh Shalom. Somebody say Yahweh Shalom. It means he is Peace. Judges chapter 6, verse 24. We needed peace, and God walked up, and he reintroduced himself. I am the peace you need. Yahweh Shalom. It means he is peace. Again, say he is Yahweh. When we were alone, when we needed someone to be with us, we met this person, Yahweh Shema. It means he is present. He is there Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35. We needed a friend who would stand by us through times that were tough. And God walks up in that very situation. He reintroduces himself and he says, I am the friend that you have been needing. I'm the one that you've been looking for. And you can call me Yahweh Shema. It means he is present. He is the ever-present help in the time of trouble. Again, Be with me. Say, he is Yahweh. This pattern continues. And as you're studying your Bible, I want you to get this focus that God introduced himself to us in Genesis. We totally ruined it. But instead of walking away from us, God, time and time again, just like in like in Groundhog Day, just like in 51st States, God keeps walking up to us and patiently and lovingly reintroduces himself to us, not in our strength, not in our beauty, but in our weakness and in our need. That's the Bible right there. That's the entire Bible. I want to tell you this, that if you have read your Bible and you have not seen this God, you have need to reread your Bible because this is who he is. That's what the Bible is all about. It is God patiently 
reintroducing himself to people that don't deserve it. I counted 18 times in the Old Testament where God reintroduces himself to mankind by the name Yahweh. He is a compound name, 18 times. Not just an Old Testament name either. I would tell you this, that God still wants us to know him this way. Some people, sometimes we kind of relegate the Old Testament. We're like, oh, yeah, 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 it's Old Testament. But we're in the New Testament right now, yeah. Did you know that the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament? Did you, did you know that? Yeah, yeah. He's not just, he was, he is, right? He still is that Yahweh Jehovah. God, he absolutely is. And so I want you to know that he still wants us to know him as the I am. He still wants us to know him as the he is. And here is what God tells Moses after reintroducing himself so awkwardly at the burning bush. He just told him that I am that I am. You tell them that I am has sent you to set those slaves free. Well, it's the very next verse, Exodus chapter 3, verse 15. Look at it this way. Jesus, God, sorry, God continues. He says, this is my name for a little bit. This is my name for just a few books, 39 out of 66 books of the Bible. No, no, no. This is my name, somebody help me, forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. This is his name forever. It is Yahweh. It is he is. It is the I am. It is Jehovah God. And it will always require more information. And God is all too happy to give us more information on who he is. I've asked you to say these three words many times tonight. Thank you for saying them. I asked you to say, he is Yahweh. I asked you to say it multiple times because I want you to always remember his name. We're supposed to remember his name forever from generation to generation. I want you to remember his name. And, And I want you to remember what his name means. I want you to also remember his kind, patient, loving reintroduction to us. Remember it. Remember it. So what does all this mean? Well, let's get to some application. Now let's apply it. I gave you some Bible knowledge. Now, how can you apply that in your life? Listen up. Remind you, God keeps reintroducing himself to mankind through our needs and our weaknesses. So God is trying to teach us something. He's trying to teach us that everything we need, he is. Can you say that for me? Everything I need... He is. One more time. Everything I need, he is. All right. Y'all bored with the preaching? One more time. Can you do it? Everybody. Everything I need, he is. In your need, not just Abraham's need, not just Moses' need, not just David's need, but in your need, God will walk up and reintroduce himself to you. And God uses your needs as an opportunity to reveal himself to you. God will use your needs 
in my weakest times. God has walked up to me and he has revealed to me that I am the strength that you're looking for. He is Yahweh. He is my strength. Say, everything I need, he is. In my times of great sorrow, God has walked up to me and he's revealed that he is my comfort and he is my joy. Anybody, anybody know that kind of feeling, him doing that? If so, say it, everything I need, he is. We could talk about depression, times where I'm depressed, time where I am afraid, time where I am sick, time where I am confused. All these times, God has walked up to me in the middle of my weakness, in the middle of my need, in the middle of sometimes my own stupidity. He's walked up to me. He's reintroduced himself to me. And he has said, I am exactly what you need. He is Yahweh, everything I need. He is. He is Yahweh, everything I need. He is. If you're in a place of need and weakness, you're standing in the place where God longs. He desires to come up to you. And reintroduce himself. So many people think. Oh if I could just get some of these. Bad habits out of the way. Then I'll go meet God. Right. If I could just go get some of my weaknesses out of the way. Then I'll go meet God. If I could get this sin problem. That I've stuffed into this back door. And nobody. Don't look back here. Whatever you do. That, that sin. If I could ever get, get, get a handle on this sin. Then I think God would come talk to me. Listen to me. God will come talk to you in your weakness, in your need, in your sin. When everything's falling apart, that's when he walks up. And in that atmosphere, he reintroduces himself to us. We often don't understand. If you're in a place of need, weakness, you're standing actually in a wonderful place. Anybody ever meet God in a place of weakness? Anybody ever meet God in a place of tears? Your need and weakness create an opportunity to be reintroduced to a God who has never stopped seeking. This knowledge should change the way we pray. Can I talk to you real quick about the way you pray? This knowledge, let's get some application on this. It should change the way we pray. Instead of praying for God to do a thing. Most of our prayers are God do this thing. There's this thing. It's a bad thing. We don't like this thing. If you could remove this thing. And sometimes the thing is a person. Let's get real. We're like that thing right there. That person. If you could just pick them up and move them completely away. We pray about things. 90% of your prayers are probably about things. Does that about fit right? God, I've got this thing. I'm coming to you about this thing. Instead of praying for God to do a thing, we need to pray that God would come and be all he is. Because God is not a God who does things. He is a God who is. He is. I am. He is healing. Healing isn't just something he does. 
Healing is who he is. Provision is not just something he does. It's not just a thing he does. Provision is who he is. Victory is not just a thing. Shepherding and protection is not just a thing. Being a righteous judge is not just a thing. It is who he is. And often we, we just walk up to God a little bit. Maybe you know the term like a sugar daddy. Anybody know the term sugar daddy? If you don't know the term sugar daddy, much respect to you for not knowing the term sugar daddy. A sugar daddy is, you know, just somebody you go to when you need uh, some money. I need to buy a car. Let me go, you know, just really uh, get in touch with a sugar daddy and see if that sugar daddy will do that because they are able to do those things. They've got the money to do those things. People treat God like that. People come to the altar only when they need a thing sometimes. People will pray only when they need a thing sometimes. And we're treating God like a vending machine. We're treating God like a thing producer. Just do that thing. And you know what really happens? We say, God, I don't really want a relationship with you. I just want the thing. There's a place in your Bible. They didn't want to really know Jesus. They just wanted his bread. And they followed him around, not for his teaching. They said, sir, will you give me some more bread? And what does he say? He says, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they're like, Yeah, but the bread, the thing that literally that's in your Bible. He says, I am. You see, that's a thing I did to show you who I am. I am the food that will sustain you. I am the provider. You are working yourself up over a thing. You're asking me only for a thing. Do you want to know me? Do you want to know him today? God, I want to know you. We often only pray to receive things, healing, a job, blessing, peace. I don't mean to just totally rake you over the coals for for praying those ways. I'm glad you're praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. But can I adjust your prayer a little bit? Are you praying for things or are you praying for the I am to come? Come reintroduce yourself to me in the middle of my hurt, in the middle of my need, in the middle of my confusion. God, the same God who formed us and breathed life into us. Will you come? Will you come? Because if you're here, I'm not worried about a car anymore. God, if you're here, I'm not worried about that promotion anymore. If you are here, God, no matter what the doctor says in that report, I know everything's going to be okay because He is Yahweh. Everything I need, He is. Can you say those words with me? He is Yahweh. Everything I need, He is. We're going to be drawing to a close really quick. We're going to talk to God. We're about to talk to God in this place. I want you to focus your mind away from the stuff, away from the things. Instead, focus on who He is. And instead of praying, God, I need you to do this thing. Pray instead, I believe that you're everything I need. I believe that if you take me by the hand, I'm going to make it. And I invite you to come be who you are. All you are, come be all you are right here.
Now, I want you to be ready to come in a few moments. But first, I need to ask you, what did God do when mankind needed salvation? We talked about God reintroduces himself to us in our need. So what did God do when we needed salvation? Think about this. Get it in your head. I hope it's just big light bulb just came off in your head. What did God do when mankind needed salvation? How did God walk up to us in our need of salvation and reintroduce himself as our salvation? How did he do it? What does that picture look like in your mind? Do you have it in your mind? The angel spoke. This is how the angel spoke to a virgin and said that she would have a son. And the angel told her what to name this son. Does anybody know that name? Somebody say that name. That name's Jesus. In English, we often call that name Jesus. But in Hebrew, we would say Yeshua or Yahshua. Somebody say Yahshua. I want to introduce you real quick to Yahweh. Shua. Yahshua. It means what? It means he is salvation. Yah is a shortened version of Yahweh. We talked about that. And Shua literally means a cry of salvation. When we needed salvation, get this picture. God walked up to us in the flesh of a man named salvation and reintroduced himself as Yahshua. He is salvation. Our Savior who hung on the cross is that same Yahweh that we read about in the first parts of Genesis. He's not another Yahweh. He is the very same Yahweh. He is that same Yahweh. Who is our victory banner. And who is our healer. And who is our peace. He is the same Yahweh. Who is Shema. He is with us. He is the same Yahweh. Do you have that picture of who Jesus is? Yahweh is that same God. Coming to us. Showing us who he Exodus chapter 15, verse 2. It says, the Lord. What do you think the word Lord there is in the original text? It's Yahweh or Jehovah. It's Yahweh, right? (laughs) Yahweh is my strength and song. And he is become my salvation. That's Exodus chapter 15 and 2. If we don't have it on the screens, that's the scripture for you to know. I want you to please get it on the screens because I want to show you this. It says that Yahweh is my strength and song, and he is become my what? What's that word there? It's Yeshua. It's the name of our Savior. Right there in that verse. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. The Lord, Yahweh, Yah is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. That's way back in Exodus chapter 15. Moses went to the grave before he got to see the fulfillment of this prophecy. We know the fulfillment of this prophecy. In fact, let's get real. We've met him. We have met him. He has reached out to us 
and loved us and reintroduced himself to us. I remember being a kid just lost in my sin, lost in my failure, lost in my anger when a Jesus approached me. And Jesus introduced himself to me as love and as forgiveness and as kindness. And I realized who he is because I met him. He is Yahweh. Everything I need, he is. For you who are in need and weak, allow him to reveal himself in your need and weakness today as you come. Go ahead and come now. For you. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.